And good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network's South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls and Fredericksburg, from Kerrville to Uvalde, and right here in good old San Antonio. We're very thankful you've decided to spend this hour joining us in getting caught up on all things Catholic uh, in South and Central Texas. Uh, in cor- and of course, joining me today is my wonderful co-host, Alexandra Kubabatu, a.k.a. Alex K. Great to be with you, folks. It's always a joy. And today on this live and local program, we will once again try to bring you various and informative discussions highlighting different people, ministries, and events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. And today we're going to be speaking with Greg and Julie Alexander, founders of the Alexander House Apostolate, about the Divine Mercy Family Celebration with special guest speaker, Father Ken Jirasi, of the Fathers of Mercy. Later in the program, uh, we'll speak with Father Nicholas Reed, Air Force Chaplain at Joint Base Lackland, about the significance of this holiest of weeks. Amen. That sounds great, Alex. Uh, and of course, before we uh, get on with the program and get on uh, with our conversations, let's uh, get started as we should do in all things, uh, and that's in prayer. So wherever you might be, uh, join us in meditating upon these words. Uh, let's ask for God's grace uh, in accomplishing and recognizing his will. Um, and if you would, join me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, You have given the human race, Jesus Christ, our Savior, as a model of humility. He fulfilled your will by becoming man and giving his life on the cross. Help us to bear witness to you by following his example of suffering and make us worthy to share in his resurrection. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. St. Stanislaus. Pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons. Pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, so for, first and foremost, you know, we've got two guests, two great guests. Uh, this is going to be a lightning quick hour. Uh, yes. I do want to make sure, though, that we have a chance to, uh, of course, uh, get out some information, some news, uh, you know, so uh, we don't want to, you know, detract from, you know, our, our guests. So let, let me get started first uh, by wishing a very happy birthday uh, to Rebecca Seventy. Uh, I want to, you know, also wish a belated uh, birthday uh, to Mr. Javier Morelos. He's a great volunteer of ours. He's volunteered, uh, you know, here during the Sherathons and such. Just a great guy. He's a parishioner out there at Prince of Peace Catholic Church. Uh, so may God bless you both uh, in his abundance with another year uh, full of good health, uh, full of love and full of joy. I know uh, our listeners um, may be getting tired of hearing me talk about it, but you know what? This is one of your last reminders, one of your last reminders, uh, to let you know that this year's Fishers of Men dinner is taking place April 28th at the Banquet Hall at Holy Trinity Catholic Church. Father Donald Calloway, author of The Consecration to St. Joseph, will be our keynote speaker, uh, and Dr. Mitch and Chrissy Finney of St. Matthew Catholic Church are this year's Fishers of Men honorees. The last day, the very last day to 
sign up to uh, you know sponsor a table of ten or to purchase your uh, you know individual dinner and seat is next Tuesday the nineteenth. Mm-hmm. Okay, so again, if you want to be part of this wonderful event that celebrates Catholic Radio here in South and Central Texas, if you want to hear an inspiring talk, uh, you know, given by one of uh, the, the church's probably most gifted speakers and inspiring uh, you know priests, uh, come on out. And if you want to give uh, you know if you want to help us recognize uh, and and give honor to, of course, you know, two of probably the most beloved, uh, you know, folks here in San Antonio. Um, come join us. You know, make mm-hmm. sure that you register uh, online. Go to grnonline.com or you can actually uh, call here at the station, you know, the 210-579-9844. Uh, we would definitely love to see you there. Awesome. Yes. And in other news, St. <laughs> Mary Magdalene Church invites you to its Lenten Penance Service Wednesday, April 13th, starting at 6.30 p.m. in the church. All the brothers and the beloved disciple priests and other visiting priests will be available for private confessions to restore our souls and to have our hearts ready for the miracle of Easter. Also at Sanctus Ranch, join them for their third annual Living Stations of the Cross. And uh, we will be praying the Passion of Our Lord with live actors, dramatic music, and narration. This is a family event. So please arrive prior to 11 a.m. and stay after for a fish fry. All are welcome to share the day with us here at Sanctus Ranch. Amen. And then uh, one last uh, announcement. The Archdiocese is going to have their own, um, you know, Passion Reenactment uh, Friday. Uh, That's going to be... Uh, the 15th, I believe that is, if I'm not mistaken. I'm reading my text now that I got. Uh, it's going to start actually at uh, 10 a.m. at Milam Park. Uh, there's going to be procession and stations on the way to San Fernando Cathedral. Uh, this is the reenactment of the stations. Uh, the crucifixion uh, will take place in front of the cathedral at 12 p.m. People are encouraged to participate either in person or through the uh, you know CTSA uh, Facebook page or uh, you know TV channel. Uh, the play itself is going to uh, the Characters, they're going to be, and you know, you know, it's going to be Spanish, uh, but the commentation, the announcement of the, you know, of the stations and such, that's going to be uh, in, in English. Uh, Archbishop Gustavo uh, is going to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, participating in this along with Bishop Yannick uh, and and Father uh, Carlos. Uh, so, I mean, this is going to be awesome. You, yes. you know, if you don't yes. get a chance to, you know, venture out there to, to Pipe Creek or so at Sanctus Ranch, I mean, you've got a wonderful uh, celebration of the live stations right here. Uh, in your hometown of San Antonio. So I'd encourage everybody to to participate with uh, any one of those events going on, uh, especially confession. Uh, if if you're not aware uh, of uh, any, or if you'd like to be made aware of any additional uh, penance services, go on, contact your parish. Let's make sure that we are properly disposed, all right, to be able to receive our Lord uh, at, at Easter. And this is going to be great. So without further ado, of course, I want to welcome our, our first guest, Yo, Mr. Greg and Miss Julie Alexander of the Alexander House Apostolate. How are y'all doing today? Oh, doing great, Sean. Thanks for having us out. Awesome. Excellent. Well, you know, this is the first time that uh, you've been here, um, you know, since, of course, you know, we've we've moved. Right. Um, And it it is a you know, it is a treat to to have you both here, considering, uh, you know, the amount good that uh, your apostolate work has done. But, yeah, I want to talk more specifically about, you know, uh, what y'all have going on uh, in, in just a couple of weeks. So can you tell our listeners uh, about this Divine Mercy Family Celebration you got going on. 
Yes, it was a dream of ours to just, one, to have this place that God has granted us has been, we're blown away, but it's a time to have people come out and see everything that has happened and everything that's going on, but especially for such a special day as Divine Mercy Sunday, but we're going to do it Saturday of the 23rd, right. and um, it's just for people to bring a picnic, a cooler, lawn chairs, their blanket, whatever, but to come out, enjoy, we're going to have praise and worship. Also, um, Father Ken Geraci with the Fathers of Mercy. Who's gonna, that guy? Uh, <laughs> we knew him before he was a priest, but we won't share that part. <laughs> very yeah, wonderful. Father, if you're listening, your secrets are safe with us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very incredible, just inspiring speaker, but just uh, we, we just love that he's here. He's coming here. And um, also then we're going to end the whole evening with Divine Mercy Chaplet and Song with Juan Carlos and Paula, and they are incredible. So just a time to families single people, whatever, come out and enjoy just a day of fun. 6.30 to 8.30 well, p.m. Well, the gates open at 6 o'clock. We've been going back and forth. We said, okay, 6.30, but gates open at 6. So, yeah, come out. And as Eula said, and you know, it's an opportunity for us. In fact, it's the first public event we have right. at the new Alexander House campus. So we want people to come out and kind of take a look and see what God has been doing and, uh, and some of the renovations and remodelings that we yeah. have done as well. So uh, really looking forward to just helping to build and grow community in the area and have people come together, not only for just marriage now, but family and, and the like. So really excited. No, I, I love how, uh, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, is this your first Divine Mercy Family Celebration total in, in, in all the time that, uh-huh. you know, um, Alexander House has been around? Yeah, and right? get, get ready, Sean, for a lot of firsts. We got a lot of, a lot of yeah. first things that are taking place. And again, hence the property because now we're able to transition from just Greg and Julie working with married couples. Now we have sure. other people coming on board. So, for example, a couple of weeks ago, we had our first uh, post-abortion uh, reconciliation and healing retreat for men and women. Uh, so that was a first and just a wonderful event. But again, an opportunity now to just spread throughout the family, individuals, the youth, young adults, married couples, trouble, marriage, enrichment. Uh, we're we're going to cover it all. So really excited. That's wonderful. And, you know, we met several years ago. And, and, and you know, so I know the kind of work and the good and holy things that you do at the Alexander House can you, for those listeners who are new to your apostolate, can you give us a little bit of background information on what you offer at the Alexander House? Yeah, so l- let me start with this first. If it, I'll, be, I'll be brief. But, sure, uh, sure. God, after 10 years of marriage, Julie and I were on the brink of divorce, felt we couldn't continue our marriage, and a good, solid priest came into our lives and challenged us to go back and gain God's understanding for marriage, as opposed to what Greg and Julie thought marriage should be. Long story short, totally transformed our marriage. We felt called to quit our corporate jobs, and to create an apostolate to help other couples come to learn what we've learned. And so for the last 23 years, we've been traveling literally the world, presenting yes. our marriage workshop that we created, but then also uh, three stints on EWTM with 13 series episodes, Marriage Works in Christ, under the working title. And, uh, and now we're just continuing to expand our efforts in working with troubled marriages through our Marriage Disciples program. Yes, uh, We have now trained 10 other couples around the nation mm-hmm. that's working in that capacity as well. And then uh, we've also been engaging in inner healing and deliverance work also. Oh, wonderful. And, and I'm getting a signal from my wife. She wants to say something. <laughs> she she thinks I talk to her. Get him, important to say, no, It's important to say, but in the 23 years, it's been over 5,000 couples that we personally have met with. And there's yes. only been 36 that have not made it because, again, we lead them back to what the church teaches. Yes. Sure. God has a plan. It's way better than ours. Right. The church has teachings. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when you follow them, yes. it works. 
but a lot of times people come and they can say that, well, they're good Catholics or they go to Mass every day. Right. But the sad part is that ignorance in marriage relationships is devastating because, right. um, I mean, we all know it. You know, we yes. all know somebody yeah. who has not lasted in their marriage. And the ripple effect of that, the negativism sure. is just, I mean, again, we had the two kids that we called into the room, seven, nine years old, and the devastation it caused them. But us coming back together and living God's plan, and now seven kids total, five grandchildren, one on the way, <laughs> so six going to be wow. soon. None of that would have been if right. we would have gone our own selfish, right. ignorant ways. <laughs> I'm talking about you too, honey. <laughs> I was going to speak for yourself. <laughs> and, yet, and when we say that about this campus, I yes. literally mean we on a daily basis are blown away because God. it's God doing work. He's bringing people who are helping, who are painting, who are doing all this work that we are like, we say a prayer and literally somebody shows up that says, oh, I, I know how to do that or I can do this. Or mm-hmm. it's just, we're just blown away of what's happening. Now you had mentioned that this is the first public event, you know, since the relocation of uh, or establishment of the physical Alexander House, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so where is this, you know, where is it located? You know, for those that, you know, aren't familiar and who would love to attend, because obviously we want to fill the grounds and there's lots of ground to fill. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So where, where do people need to go or where do they sign up for, for this Divine Mercy Family Celebration? Group? Okay. So first, from the physical standpoint, we've been blessed to have been able to acquire 10 and a half acres in Bull Verde, Texas. A lot of people know uh, Tejas Rodeo. So we're right around the corner from Tejas mm. Rodeo. We hear the rodeo every Saturday night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks be to God, we like country music. Yes. <laughs> but uh, 30457 Leroy Shield Road, S-C-H-E-E-L. However, you can find out more about the uh, event itself on our website, thealexanderhouse.org. That's T-H-E, alexanderhouse.org. And click on Upcoming Events, and you'll find a link that'll take you to Eventbrite. You can register, find out more about the event. Again, as Julie mentioned, gates open at 6. And uh, we just utilize actually the whole evening for people to just kind of take a self-guided tour to look sure. at our, our chapel, the main building. Uh, we have a Heavenly Grounds Coffee House, uh, St. Joseph Workshop, Cana Cafe, uh, all kind of wonderful wow. spots to kind of check out. And we're in the process now of, of completing our Holy Family Pavilion which would be an outdoor pavilion that uh, we're getting ready to have AstroTurf uh, laid wow. underneath. So being able to accommodate a lot of outdoor events as well. Uh, in fact, I'll just say it as we're talking now, the I've had decided second or third Saturday every month we're going to be hosting uh, just kind of a family gathering, building community, sure. and closing with the family rosary. So it'll be every second or third Saturday of every month. And that uh, when's that going to be starting? Uh, as soon as we get the astral turf in. <laughs> okay, okay. No, no, that's great because uh, you know uh, I've, I've, you know, we we've spoke on different occasions. I know you and uh, you know, uh, you know, Richard, y'all, y'all have been friends for for years now. And, Don't remind uh, me. Yeah, it's okay. You know, being part I'm of recovering. this, being part of this uh, apostolate work. I mean, it's great that you know you would be open to you know opening up your apostolate like that to to have those uh, family celebrations, those family gatherings, right? Uh, so if I can ask you, um, and I know we've got just a couple of minutes left. It goes by so fast, you know, when we have the two guests, but uh, what can people expect uh, in, in coming out to, you know, the uh, Alexander House, uh, coming out uh, to hear, you know, Father uh, Geraci, you know, speak and, and hear this beautiful rendition? I mean, what can people expect? Yeah, you know, every time you hear Father 
can speak, Father Geraci, uh, just just profound depth of knowledge he has in helping to understand the faith as a whole, but specifically focused on uh, divine mercy. Right. Uh, this particular talk, but just a, a just a fun time, you know. Yeah. Again, there's not too many events where people can come together and enjoy as family, and so we want families, like-minded families, coming together, wanting to grow in relationships, grow in their faith. And uh, and just enjoy a good time. I'm getting a signal. And, and <laughs> encouraging each other, encouraging each other in one of the most amazing gifts we've been given in the church by John Paul II with yeah. mercy. I mean, who doesn't need mercy? Amen. But especially families. Yes. And, and and with all these things that are going on today, with the the struggles, the strife, the whatever. I just literally envisioned this place to be a place of of comfort and healing for yeah. people, just to come together pray with each other, talk with each other, but to build community because we need community to survive. And a lot of things are being, were stopped for a while. I just think it's a time for people to come out and not only to, um, to support each other, but to be there to be a sounding board, a heart, a hug, a whatever that somebody needs. I just, I picture it as a place where great healing will take place just by coming there. No, that sounds great. And uh, we're very excited also because we're going to be broadcasting uh, for about half an hour out there because uh, we mm-hmm. obviously want to participate, you know, uh, in, in the uh, in the gathering uh, as well. So I'm excited. Uh, I know, um, I believe, you know, Richard, uh, you know, plans on, uh, you know, being out there also. So we're very much excited uh, uh, about that. Now, um, you know, with about a minute left to go, how did the, you know, why Divine Mercy? How did you pick this to be kind of your breakout, uh, you know, public uh, event? I remember the day when we had decided to work on our marriage. And we had come downstairs, and I heard for the first time, EWTN was always playing in our house. And for the first time, I heard the Divine Mercy Chapel in song. In song, yeah. Mm-hmm. And literally, without, had yeah. we all us and our three kids at the time, yeah. two kids and a baby, we got on our knees and wept and just listened because we didn't know it. But mm-hmm. we heard it and I was like, oh my goodness. And then hearing the stories and hearing all these things that took place with that, that literally was, that was our coming home. Back home when we messed up so bad, it was mercy's, God's mercy that helped Amen. us have home. Amen. Again, folks, that Divine Mercy family celebration takes place Saturday, April 23rd. Doors open or gates open at 6. For more information, visit thealexanderhouse.org. We'll be right back uh, with our second guest, Father Nicholas Reed. Y'all stay tuned. The 15th Annual Fishers of Men Benefit Dinner is just around the corner and will take place on Thursday, April 28th at the Banquet Hall at Holy Trinity Catholic Church. The last day to sponsor your table for 10 or purchase your individual dinner and seat is April 19th. Don't miss out on what will be a night filled with excitement and joy as we gather for a nice dinner and hear an inspiring keynote message from Father Donald Calloway, author of The Consecration to St. Joseph. We'll also recognize this year's Fishers of Men Award recipients, Dr. Mitch and Chrissy Finney, parishioners at St. Matthew Catholic Church, for their beautiful example of living out our Catholic faith. Come join us as we celebrate the Guadalupe Radio Network in South and Central Texas. So don't delay. Register now and go to grnonline.com and click on local events or call 210-579-9844. We hope to see you there. 
The Alexander House invites you to a Divine Mercy family celebration Saturday, April 23rd from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., including special guest speaker Father Ken Geraci. Bring your picnic dinner, drinks, and lawn chairs or blanket. This event will take place on the campus of the Alexander House, located at 30457 Leroy Schneel Road in Bolverde. For more information, visit thealexanderhouse.org. Hi, everyone. This is Father Donald Calloway of the Congregation of Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'll be the keynote speaker for the upcoming Fishers of Men dinner on April 28th. Make sure to register and come join us in celebrating the Guadalupe Radio Network in South and Central Texas. For more information on me, go to my website, fathercalloway.com. God bless you. Welcome back, listeners. If you're just tuning in, this is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean Rice, your host every Monday at noon. Uh, I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network, South and Central Texas listening area. Uh, before we went to break, uh, we were having a wonderful conversation uh, with uh, Greg and Julie Alexander of the Alexander House Apostolate. Uh, so again, uh, be sure to, to register for the Divine Mercy uh, cel- you know, family celebration taking place um, out at their place uh, at 30457 Leroy Shield. That's S-C-H-E-E-L Road uh, there in Bulverde. Or for more information, just go to their website, thealexanderhouse.org. Our next guest, I'm very much excited to speak to. This is Father Nicholas Reed, Air Force Chaplain. Uh, and I wish y'all could see this. Well, um, if I had video like from top to bottom, <laughs> oh man, only look great. You know, what a just a great, good looking, holy cassock. priest right and here wearing, wearing his cassock. cassock. And uh, man, it, it's great to, to, to bring him on. On. Um, you know, Father, welcome to the program and thanks for joining us today. Very happy to be here, Sean and Alex K. I clean up well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I want to first ask you because uh, when I spoke to you about this last week, you know, it just hit me. You know, here we are entering um, the holiest of weeks, right? You know, we are coming in, we are entering into Holy Week, which really kicked off yesterday, uh, you know, for Palm Sunday. If I'm wrong, please correct me. Uh, but as we enter this Holy Week, I would first start off, uh, I want to start this conversation in asking you, what makes this week so holy and what makes it the holiest of weeks as we're taught? Mm, a wonderful question. I think it's an excellent opportunity for Catholics and Christians throughout the world to really reflect on what this week, this week means to each of us. It's, I played soccer growing up and in high school we would uh, kind of play in the summer right and so it was kind of on your own you would learn some techniques maybe there were structured practices that was kind of what i call ordinary time right we're learning about what it means uh to be christians and to follow our lord's teachings and then we enter the season of lent that was two days for us to practice two days yeah. there was a lot of running there was sacrifice and there were even weeks where we would never see a soccer ball we're like man what's going on here <laughs> and coach would say patience patience right you guys need to to put in work before you can work on technique right and then we we enter holy week it's game time yeah. right and so for for christians longing to encounter the very face of god this is where it all happens in history and i think it's one thing that's extremely important for us to remember is that when catholics enter into ritual we're not walking through a museum Sure. This, is, this is what God is doing in our life right now. Yeah, And uh, to encounter 
the ritual and the history and the days of the last week of our sa Savior's life on earth, uh, this is a wonderful opportunity to re-engage what it means to be loved uh, by God to create us out of nothing. Amen. Um, you know, I want to ask you too, um, like in today's readings or today's gospel reading more specifically, uh, you know, we hear about, you know, the, um, I, I don't know if it was Mary, I, it, it might've been Mary. I'd have to double check that, but, um, you know, she pours the oil mm. over, um, you know, Jesus feet washes with her hair. And then of course, you know, Judas comes in and, Oh, this could have been sold. Right. So, I heard from, you know, I heard from another homily or so uh, that as we enter into this week, you know, it's just another message of, you know, don't hold anything back from the Lord, right? I mean, especially in this week, don't hold nothing back because he didn't hold back from us, not even his very life, mm -hmm. right? But what can our listeners and those, um, you know, uh, who are going to be participating in more masses throughout this week, what can they look forward to uh, in, in the gospel readings, you know, which, you know, how are those kind of directing us to uh, the the ultimate, um, you know, victory? And that's, you know, at Easter, how are we being led uh, to, to Jesus, uh, you know, on the cross at Calvary and then ultimately at Easter? Well, the Triduum really does set us up for success. And you, you know, you uh, you have a big moment when the Latin word Triduum just means three days. <laughs> so it's like, here, here we are, no explanation needed, right? So when we enter into Holy Thursday and we reflect on what Jesus chose to do with his last evening on earth, he knew what was going to happen on Good Friday. He knew what was going to happen on Easter Sunday, but his disciples weren't yet sure. Yeah. And so he gave us the gift of the Eucharist. He gave us the witness of service and he gave us holy orders so that we could participate in the Eucharist until he returns again. And so any Catholic who loves the Eucharist, right, who maybe wants to pray for vocations to the priesthood and religious life, there's no better opportunity to, to whisper thank yous to the Lord than Thursday night, especially after mass in adoration. And then moving into to Good Friday, right? Catholics are known for keeping the crucifix on uh, their, their, their rosaries or on their chains. And it's a reminder, uh, not that, of course, Jesus, it's, it's not a reminder that Jesus didn't rise from the dead, right. obviously, right? It's, it's a reminder of the cost of what it means uh, for him to love us. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I wasn't raised in a strong Catholic household. So when I first started actually noticing the beauty of the Triduum and what happens on Holy Thursday, can you please describe for those of us maybe who are um, new to the faith or, um, you know, just really starting to take notice of the beauty of Catholicism, what, what transpires during Holy Thursday and the significance of that? Mm, absolutely. So you'll, some of the highlights, the glory is back, right? It's been buried and it's back. Yes. And uh, so that is towards the beginning of Mass, of course. The Mass itself is 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 pretty standard operating procedures sure. we'd say in the air mm -hmm. force right not not that anything is standard in the mass it's a miracle right. <laughs> yes. but but not much of the mass itself will surprise you um, mm -hmm. but after the homily there's an opportunity for the witness of, of of servant leadership that is the washing of the feet of the the disciples as reenacted by the priest uh, that's uh, depending on COVID protocols, and I hate to bring up the, the COVID word. Uh, I don't know what the, yeah. the stand, what folks are going to be up to, but sure. that's, that's an opportunity that's very unusual to witness um, the, the that tender act of servant mercy yeah. um, uh, amongst parishioners with the priest um, divesting in order to do that, and then uh, afterwards the procession, the Eucharistic procession, and the, the altar of repose. That's that's usually in a, in a space set aside for, for private worship that is accessible. 
uh, th those are what I remember as a child, um, Eucharistic processions and that sort of thing that are that the church calls for, just to reflect on what it means for us to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. You know, uh, as you mentioned that, you know, there's so much symbolism. There's so many signs that the church gives us. Uh, and as a lay, you know, as a lay people, we may not uh, be able to fully appreciate that. Um, you know, when you come into, you know, like last week with, you know, Passion Tide, uh, the covering up of the, you know, the, the crucifix, the covering up of the, you know, the stations and, and what have you. When you go into and you're making your approach, you know, toward um, you know, Holy Thursday, let's say, let's stay with Thir Holy Thursday mm -hmm. for now, right? You've got the, the Seder meal, uh, and such, and the institution of, of course, the, you know, the, the priesthood, right? So what is so, what is so important for Catholics? Why is it so important for Catholics to really dive in and recognize and understand if, you know, the, these signs, Father? Mm, so John in his gospel calls that moment the hour. So the triduum to John is the hour where God manifests his power and authority over his own creation with the institution of the Eucharist, the institution of the mass, the invitation to pray for vocations to the priesthood and religious life. And, and so that, that is what we enter into. And, and, and I, well, I, I'm just so struck by God setting us up for success. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. if, if only we attune our ears to, uh, to our antennas, to his mm -hmm. voice as we enter into Good Friday, which is not just a day in history, it's moments of our own life yeah. that, that we're reminded to hold vigil, to stand pat uh, when we encounter suffering, uh, knowing that we don't do so alone. Beautiful, and you know, uh, it, it brings me back to Divine Mercy, the, the whole uh, ceremonial washing of the feet, right, on Holy Thursday, um, how Jesus washed the feet of sinners and knowing full well what was going to transpire, right? And how we should, in our own families, in our own, you know, circle of uh, loved ones and strangers, how we should also um, embrace the, that same uh, servant, um, servant attitude, right? Servant um, loving and hard and, and open um, to be able to embrace each other. And, you know, that, that's, I think it gets overlooked with, with all of the things that happen and all of the festivities that happen at, during Easter. Right. We don't embrace that part. We kind of like, okay, it's Holy Thursday. Yes, we go to all of the, the masses and do all of the things. But, you know, what can we on, on a more granular level do with our next of kin, with our husband, with our wife, with our, our child? Our little mm -hmm. boy and a girl. Like, how do we bring that home? Yeah. What are some examples? Well, I I, re I recall being invited to breakfast in one of my early parish assignments, and you know, it's an older crowd that are able to go to breakfast after daily mass, and so we're talking about Pope Francis had just come on board as the Holy Father, and uh, the one person in particular was seemed very excited about what Pope Francis might do to corral bishops and to encourage them to be saints. And so I asked her, I was like, well, what do you think the Holy Father is encouraging you to do? Yes. And I was like, huh, wow, the Holy Spirit's for everybody, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so when, we, when we, we 
think of the ritual and the history and of what Jesus did with his apostles and for those his followers and for us now, it's all invitation. Yes. And so Holy Thursday is a wonderful opportunity to reflect on the Eucharist. What does it mean for God to cherish us so much? He desires us to participate in his very life. Yeah, and it's the, like you said, he sets us up for success. It's the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. It's not just, <clears throat> the Last Supper was not just a meal. Mm. It, it's the Eucharist this wasn't just bread. If that were the case, then the crucifixion was just a murder. Mm-hmm. I heard someone say that, and wow. it's not. Well, you must have been reading my head, Alex, because that actually was going to be one of my next questions uh-huh. uh, to Father here. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll you know, uh, if I could, that's a great, you know, that's a great, you know, thing you're saying because what really does make what Jesus did on the cross uh, a sacrifice and not just a Roman execution, Father? You really would have to go back to what he did mm-hmm. at the Last Supper, then, right? Well, yes. So for Catholics, without Easter, all of this is folly, you know. Yes. And so yeah. ultimately, Easter is the answer to all of our questions, right? Which isn't great for a radio show. <laughs> you can't just respond. Well, Easter, Alleluia, right? Six days early, right? So, but I, I think it's good. So Jesus was a real person. He was the Son of God. Yes. And he was murdered by people who didn't understand him, or he was murdered by people who did understand him. Yes. And either way. Uh, I, I am compelled on Good Friday to reflect on my feelings, which I don't enjoy doing. I like to consider myself an Easter person. Right. <laughs> right? But, but that's not Catholicism. Catholicism right. asks us, if we are redeemed, we have to ask the question, what are we redeemed from? Yes. Yeah. You know, what, is, what healing is God doing? You can't have healing without brokenness. You can't have healing without sin. And Good Friday is an opportunity for us not to pretend like that didn't happen, mm-hmm. but to ask the question, are we willing right now to hold vigil like his mama did like the gospel that uh, john did the author of the, his mm-hmm. gospel and those others that were around him or not Amen. yeah or not uh-huh. if you're just uh you know joining us this is uh you know in his vineyard your live and local program uh we're having this wonderful discussion of course with father nicholas reed air force chaplain uh you know for the united states air force uh he's out there at joint base lackland if i'm not mistaken is that that's right, right over at lackland air force base that's right uh and we're having this wonderful discussion about this holiest of weeks you know holy week um folks if you weren't prepared you better get prepared because easter is right yes. around the corner um, so I, I want to kind of you know continue talking about you know the the, the Father. Okay, so we've discussed, of course, you know, you know Holy Thursday. Jesus enters, uh, you know, into uh, you know his the, the you know the Passover meal with his uh, you know with, with his apostles and such. But I want to just backtrack just a little bit. All right, actually about one day. All right, when we go to Wednesday, mm-hmm. Spy Wednesday. Yeah. Explain Spy Wednesday to us. Spy Wednesday. Spy Wednesday is a hidden gem. In the Catholic Church, I don't believe it's an official holiday. Obviously, but <laughs> it's the day where the gospel readings reflect, of course, Judas's betrayal. Yeah. Yes, and uh, I've always wondered. I'm not sure I've seen this. Uh, how much thirty pieces of silver would be to us today? Mm. You know, I think it's almost a metaphor for anything that we put in place of our relationship with God. Yeah, almost like it's a it's it's the violation of the first commandment. Mm-hmm. Whatever we make a god, um, that's not our Savior Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's the day where uh, Judas betrayed our, our Savior, and he put um, he went all in on the wrong uh, set of cards, unfortunately. Amen. Yeah. 
You know, um, you know. So we go from Spy Wednesday, we get into to Holy Thursday. Uh, a couple things, like you said, you know, Jesus did during this, you know, wonderful celebration with his apostles. One of those things was, um, you know, establishing the institution, of course, of uh, of the Eucharist. You know, the, the first Mass, right? Uh, but he also instituted the, you know, the, the priesthood. Can you can you talk about that? Well, our Lord did so much in his last week on earth in order to set the his followers up for success to include rising from the dead and giving us confession. He did not give us much of a long leash <laughs> with respect to his grace and his mercy. He knew what we would need. And so that night before he, he died, he gathered his apostles around them and he instituted the sacred priesthood uh, because his visible church would need uh, fully to encounter Jesus until he returned. And so we reflect on, on what it means for out of the baptized, some to be called yeah. to the priesthood, uh, what it means for God to be a better author of our life than we could ever be, right. and what it means for us to receive the grace needed to say yes to Him in the Eucharist. Now, um, is it Holy Thursday where the you know the the priests they um, they renew their 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 priestly vows? Is that the case uh, so, universally, or how does that work? Yeah, so traditionally that's done at the Chrism Mass. The chrism mass. Okay. Now, uh, in the liturgical books, they see that as taking place on Holy Thursday because the liturgical books don't see large dioceses mm, <laughs> that spread over you know hours and hours of travel so a diocese generally has a chrism math chrism mass within 10 days of holy thursday sure. depending on what their battle rhythm is so it's probably a good um it'd probably be a good time for us the laity and really you know even uh, amongst your brothers uh to pray for our priests right pray for Amen. our bishops pray for our holy father uh if you you know if you haven't done that if you haven't mm. been intentional about it you know you know Thursday would probably be a great day to do that, you know? So here in the Archdiocese of San Antonio, Tuesday afternoon. Ah, Tuesday. Yep, they're going to have a, a gathering of the priests and the Chrism Mass uh, then as well. Uh, but uh, at the risk of being the priest in the room, it's never wrong to pray for your priests. Amen to that. <laughs> that, they might, <laughs> that, that, they, that they might persevere, right? Because we're all growing. We're all yeah. being called to be stretched into the saints God is calling us to be. Amen. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. So, you know, it's it's also, we, let's dive into... Good Friday, mm. if we if we may. Yeah. Um, what kind of um, what kind? I mean, that's that is the day of mm -hmm. the crucifixion. Can, can you give us a reflection, a bit of a reflection on what we can do um, to best um, honor that day mm. as yeah. Catholics? Well, it's only one of two days in the calendar where the sacrifice of the mass isn't offered. And so we're really encouraged by God to, to enter into that moment of, of sadness, of grief, mm -hmm. even, of asking the question, um, do I believe that Easter is going to happen? Yeah. You know, and so, of course, all of this has already been answered 2,000 years ago, right? So, so in a sense, we are spiritually playing at Good Friday because yeah. we know that Jesus won. Yes, but but God knows that that in the same way that we have four seasons in the year, in the Midwest, anyways. I'm not convinced. <laughs> I'm not convinced San Antonio has a spring. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah. at least it doesn't have summer. It's summer, not summer. So here in San Antonio, but but, but God desires us to really engage uh, the totality of what He did for us, and so Good Friday is an opportunity for us to really reflect on uh, what it means for us to be redeemed. Mm -hmm. And the cost of that, the very real cost of that. So we don't have a mass. We have yes. a, a longer gospel reading like we did um, here uh, just a, 
yesterday mm-hmm. um, for Palm Sunday. We have uh, pr- the universal prayers of the church, which are often sung. This yes. is an opportunity, even when we're holding vigil at the, at the foot of the cross, for us to pray for others yeah. right, as a community. And then we, we are offered communion um, as well. And is that the last day of fasting, technically? So the Easter... Tech, well, okay, so I'm not a canon lawyer, and I don't have a great memory. Well, the answer is always don't quit before the miracle. There you right? go. And so so right. I, I would say evening prayer on Saturday or, you know, after the vigil starts. So don't, don't leave the vigil halfway through to go to Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> but I think certainly by Saturday night, you're in the clear. Inquiring minds do want to know. I've been uh, holding out for a, a glass of ice cold Coca Cola. Oh, bless you! <laughs> you know, as we uh, as we move through, uh, you know, this Holy Week. So we've talked about um, you know Spy Wednesday and Holy Thursday. We've talked about Good Friday. Um, you know the what what can we take? What can we glean about the reflections for um, you know you know Holy Saturday? Because really, uh, as we you know as we complete. Um, you know, Good Friday, Jesus enters the tomb. He's still in the tomb. Yeah. I mean, what is Saturday supposed to be for us, Father? A, a day of reflection to the extent possible, you know. And it's just, it's a continuation of the reflection of Good Friday. And so until the Easter vigil, at whatever time that happens at your local parish, and then whenever you go to Mass on Sunday, it, it really is, you know, it was three days. It was three days. It wasn't a, two hours on a Friday. Yeah. And so for, for us, it's good to reinforce that because if you know it's it's always nice when we get a reprieve um, but uh, this is a week for us to really enter into what happened in history and what god is asking us to reflect on this week you know on that saturday um a call to deeper reflection of course um as you mentioned um you know the i don't remember uh, which day it was but that the altar stripped the you know the after holy thursday after holy thursday um the you know the the Holy Eucharist is is in repose, you know, all, all th- throughout this throughout this time. Um, is it a day really where? Uh, it, I mean, we should do something different, right? It's not just business as usual, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of times, and I found myself doing this in, in you know several years. You know, you just go about your business. You know, I got the TV on. I'm just you know doing whatever. But really, Saturday is a day, like you're saying, you enter into a deeper reflection as to what Christ's you know sacrifice was on that cross, right? Well, I think it's a great opportunity for every Catholic and every Christian to ask the question, how does Jesus need to be reborn in my life? Mm -hmm. Many of us are carrying scars or wounds or regret that the Lord desires to resurrect. And uh, he wants us to really encounter him, body, blood, soul, and divinity as a resurrected God who cherishes us and who loves us. And despite the many mistakes that we've made, he wants us to really, truly encounter his the fullness of his Paschal mystery. Amen. Yeah. Please correct me if I'm wrong, um, but it w- wasn't it the day after the crucifixion that we have that that uh, that scriptural um, engagement of, on the road to Emmaus, where Jesus um, he's he's not recognized ah. by two by two um, by I think Simeon, who is actually a relative of Jesus, if I remember correctly. And um, they had, you know, they were walking and there were two disciples walking and then they were talking about, you know, what happened. And then Jesus was walking next to them. and didn't recognize him. Until the breaking of the bread, right? Uh-huh, until, yeah. <laughs> and, right. and, you know, they had like a whole day of, um, you know, 
discussion and, and kind of Jesus kind of went through um, everything from beginning to end and what led to like I think he asked him a question like um, like do you not know what's right. been going on like <laughs> you're the only they one asked, they asked yeah. Jesus a question right. like you know because Jesus asked them and, and uh, like well, what what are you like and they're like well are you the only person who doesn't know what's going, <laughs> been going on <laughs> right. that must have been pretty funny and you know, I think Jesus has a, that's a good uh, sense of humor whoever wrote that but um but yeah, and it you know that that kind of makes me think that it's a, it is a day of reflection, like you're saying, Father, and um, to really dive into what was predicted, you know, yeah. uh, prophesied in the Old Testament, all the way down to this moment in history, like of of in history, right? So um, I, I think that that's really beautiful, and um, I wish I could just outline all the things. I, I, that's like the most amazing. I think I heard a father. Um, I mean, not father. Um, Scott Hahn say that that was, must have been the best Bible study ever right. given Amen. by <laughs> directly from Jesus, and yeah. that's what he was doing on his Saturday. Yeah. You know, um, it, it just it just I'm in awe of that. Like um, he took the time to go to two of his disciples and outlined all of this to them on their way on the road to Emmaus. And, um, you know, what a way to spend your Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, then they, they, I think also, I mean, in tradition, it is, it's said that he probably visited his mother first. Um, I mean, I would visit my mother first, right, mm-hmm. if, yeah. if that was the case. So, I mean, I, I don't know what the basis is to that, but, I mean, I think that just makes sense in my heart. But um, let me ask you, Father, so... When we reflect on all the things that Jesus has done for us, um, it's hard sometimes because we're humans and we don't know the workings of God and, and why and why, you know. But in, can you please, in layman's terms, describe for us the significance of the Holy Eucharist? How is that? I mean, we know from a, um, a logical point of view of and theological point of view because we've been told, right? But that is, you know, they say the greatest love story of all time. You know, God, Jesus asked us to lay down our lives for one another. And he prefaced that by laying down his life for us, right? And how do we, in our own ways, our own human humanity, lay down our life for our neighbor, for our loved one, you know, without actually being crucified. We can't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but what does that mean? I, I think the, if, if we think of the Eucharist as God's grace meeting his creation. Okay. So if you think of yourself processing from the pew and the Eucharist coming from the altar in meeting mm-hmm. you somewhere in between. Yeah. It, and if you have the capacity to just open your heart just a little bit and allow God to fill the brokenness. That, that's what I see him preparing us for on Holy Thursday, mm. right? There's a reason it came before Good Friday and it wasn't simply timing or logistics, right? Yeah. It, it was yeah. God knowing that when we encountered our Good Friday moments, our suffering, mm. other people's crosses, the, the fact that we can't fix uh, that which is most broken in the world, mm-hmm. that, that he wants us to know that we're not doing that alone and that he wants us to know that that he's with us, not metaphorically, 
right? Not symbolically, right. but really and truly. Amen. Mm, amen. I love okay. how uh, you, you put that, Father. Um, you know, as we as we make this track, you know, through yes. uh, you know through Holy Week. I mean, there, there's so much to to really dive in, and I would encourage anybody out there. I mean, there's so many uh, writings on the Triduum. There's so many, you know, writings on, you know, Holy Week. There's a ton of reflections out there available to you. Um, you know, get, you know, start, you know, diving in. That really, that way you can really, you know, get as much as you possibly can out of this most holy uh, of weeks. The, you know, like you're saying, Father, uh, it's not logistics. It's not anything else, but um, it, it's a gift, you know, given to us um, to really this time, this the season, you know, this season to really, you know, dive in and and better appreciate, you know, Christ's sacrifice, uh, you know, on the cross for us. I know personally, uh, and for my my wife and I, uh, we every Good Friday. Actually, yeah, it's been Good Friday, but it, and realistically, it ought to be, you know, the evening of Holy Thursday. But I'm sure there's plenty of other families out there that, um, you know, you know, watch the passion of the Christ, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the movie and it never fails. You know, you get, you, you start watching that, that movie. Uh, and it's not, it probably isn't even anywhere close to what he really, you know, went through for mm-hmm. us. Right. But you get a little smidgen, mm-hmm. um, you know, of that because each time I watch it, I mean, I, I start bawling, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, my gosh, you know, and it's because of me, He's going through that. You know, it's because of, you know, my sinfulness. It's because of, you know, what I've done and my lack of love for him that he had to go through that. And when you really can, you know, start getting into that mindset and understand, I mean, you re- you can't help but to appreciate what he did on the cross. Yes. You, you know, I mean, like, uh, you know, like what we've talked about before. I mean, he, you know, Jesus is God, right? He could have came, you know, on, you know, blazing chariots, you know, and this and that and just said, hey, here I am. No. First, he entered into the world as a vulnerable infant, right? He goes through, you know, his, uh, you know, you got Herod wants to kill him, you know, and then his families, you know, they're, they're going all over the place, you know, trying to preserve their own life and whatnot. He goes through his ministry, you know, now, um, and more times than not, he grows frustrated with his own apostle. Like, man, don't y'all get it? Don't y'all realize why I'm here? Right. I mean, even just the, the, the bread of life discourse. I mean, he's planning everything he's doing is setting us up for what's to take place on Holy Thursday and what's to come on Good Friday. Right. And then but all of that to set us up for the glory of his resurrection on Sunday morning. Right. Yes. Amen. Oh, man. I, so tell us, Father, I, I know we've got just minutes left, but. In in your you know in in your thought as a priest as a priest in the order of Melchizedek God I love saying that right <laughs> my goodness yes you know can you tell us what it means to you to be able to celebrate that mass on Easter morning or at the Easter vigil uh, or so um, you know for you you know personally you know what 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 is that like uh, when you're looking out into your congregation and you see families that maybe you haven't seen before mm-hmm. uh, and and things of that nature can you shed a little light on that. Well, especially in military communities, it's an opportunity. A lot of people take advantage of leave. And so you get a lot of folks from out of town. Yeah. And I think every Catholic community, we're used to the Christmas and Easter um, uh, elements of the sure. high, uh, our high holy days. So it's an opportunity uh, to invite. It's an opportunity to invite back into the practice of the faith um, people who are on the margins, 
which I, I think when, when, when the Holy Father is encouraging us to go to the margins, that's what he's doing. He's asking us to be, I think, I'm not the Pope. He's asking us to be people of invitation. Mm-hmm. And so for me on Easter Thursday, or excuse me, Easter, Easter's every day, uh, Easter Sunday, <laughs> yeah. right? He, um, it, the, I have to keep that at the forefront, right? Because Lent's a long road. It and, is. And people yeah. are really excited to not be in Lent anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so priests are the same way. But, but to, to invite and to really reflect in my own prayer life uh, what it means for God to have risen from the dead. And what does that mean for the things that I think are my crosses, right? Which at the end of the day, aren't that big of a deal. Yeah, in comparison to everything that's my going word. on, right? Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, our, our crosses that we bear are, you know, are just fractions of what, you know, others, uh, you know, may have to carry. Mm. I mean, think about, you know, the, the ongoing war, you know, right now. Think about poverty uh, on our very streets, uh, and such, there's there's many people uh, out there uh, that we can help. Uh, there's many other uh, you know crosses that you know uh, probably are a lot more heavier than the ones that you know we 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 um, you know we bear. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so as again, uh, you know, I think one thing that that we were discussing earlier as we prepare to you know uh, enter into this Easter celebration, first and foremost, I think um, you know what you were talking about, Father, with. Um, you know, this, this gift that the Lord has given us in his body, blood, soul, and his divinity. Uh, but in order to receive that most precious gift, I mean, we have to properly dispose, you know, to, you know, we have to properly prepare ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for that. And that means if you haven't been to confession, um, you know, in, in some time, now would be a most excellent time Amen. to get back to the sacrament mm-hmm. of confession. <laughs> you, you know, um, if you want to be able to, you know, to, to receive the Lord uh, at the Eucharist. And again, um, for those that you know who don't, you know, receive all year. I mean, the church at least requires once a year that you receive Holy Communion, right? Yeah. And that's in at least in the Easter season as a minimum. That's right. right. And then it, at a minimum of going to confession yeah. once in order to prepare for that. So that's right. that's the balance, right? The reflection of where we need God's healing, yeah. and then the gift of the Eucharist. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, regarding the you know confession, uh, you know, as as Alexandra shared with us uh, in the opening, uh, you know, monologue, uh, Saint Mary Magdalene. Catholic Church uh, is inviting um, inviting everybody to their Lenten penance service. Uh, you know, Wednesday, uh, April thirteenth, starting at six thirty in the church. Uh, all the brothers of the beloved disciple uh, are going to, and other visiting priests are going to be available uh, for private confessions. Um, it's just been such a treat, of course, you know, talking to, uh, you know, Father, uh, you know, Father Reed here, uh, you know, who's got his hands, uh, you know, pretty busy over there uh, at Lackland, you know, with just a couple minutes left to go, Father. Um, you know, what is it like for, um, you know, for, for basic trainees during this time? I know we, we spoke earlier and Lent seems like, you know, the eight weeks of basic training is probably Lent, <laughs> right? No matter what time of the year it is. Uh, but what is it like specifically for those that are in training right now? What are you seeing? Well, I, I did have a trainee recently tell me that, uh, that their Lenten penance was going through basic military training. <laughs> 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 I, I don't blame them, to be honest. Don't blame them. Well, so it's, it's a very uh, rigorous seven and a half weeks. Yeah. And so at any given time, someone is starting or finishing that process depending on the sure. week. And so I, I think it's, it's always a good opportunity for them to, to, when challenged, ask what resources they have because God created us out of nothing, not powerless, right? So we have amazing resources just as who we are as human beings. And then even more so when we reflect on what God can do in our life. And so I see that, uh, my blessing is that I get to see that all the time 
as a basic military training chaplain. And that's my prayer for the, for not just those folks at Lackland, but for everyone listening, that they can experience those two things too. Amen. Are you familiar, um, and I don't want to put, put, put you on the spot if you don't know, but um, you know, for those uh, military members out here uh, that are tuning in and such, are you aware of any of the, um, you know, the, the schedule of events uh, of worship services going on out there on, on base, maybe even at the main chapel or so? So Freedom Chapel Permanent Party will okay. have Holy Thursday and Good Friday are going to be at 6 p.m. Or 1800, as we say in the military. Sure. And then the Easter vigil is going to be at 1900 or 7 p.m. No, that that sounds great. Uh, and before uh, you know, before we we close it out, you know, uh, we have to ask you for your blessing, Father. Uh, before uh, you know, we close out the show. Would you leave uh, leave us with uh, the Lord's blessing? Absolutely. May the blessing of Almighty God descend upon you and remain forever. May you always and everywhere see Him in your life and grow into the saints He is calling you to be. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Uh, wow, what a Lightning quick hour. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes, uh, There's so much there. <laughs> amen. You know, we, we had a, you know, just to recap, you know, we had a, you know, Greg and Julie Alexander on uh, earlier in the yes. hour. Um, they've got, you know, some great things going on out there. Father Ken Gerace is going to be um, a guest speaker during their Divine Mercy family celebration. Um, I'm, you know, God willing, I'm going to be out there. Um, of course, we're going to do that live remote I was speaking of earlier, but, you know, to get together with them, to, you know, go out there to, you know, the Alexander House and check out their beautiful, uh, beautiful property out there. It's going to be fun. Uh, I was told that we just need to bring our blankets, our chairs, right? And it's going to be like <laughs> a, a family picnic, a, you know, awesome. a, a huge Texas size, uh, you know, you know, picnic out there. And of course, we're going to be celebrating uh, the divine mercy. And that's April 23rd. But before we get to any of that, um, you know, we've got, you know, quite the week to get through first. I mean, your thoughts, Alex? Oh, gosh, it's just been so amazing. Always with Greg and Julie Alexander, Father Reed, and, um, you know, just I want to remind folks that, you know, in order to receive, continue to receive God's mercy, which we did not earn, God gives that to us as a yeah. gift, we need to offer mercy. So Amen. if you find in your heart someone that you need to forgive, Amen. please, let's start there. Let's start with forgiving others, going to Mass, going to Confession. Amen. Uh, and, and on that note, folks, uh, you know, if we don't talk to you before then, have a very Happy and blessed Easter. Uh, thank you, uh, Greg, Julie, and Father Reed. May the Lord continue to bless you and the work of your hands. So until next time, let's all continue to labor with love, joy, and zeal in our hearts. In this vineyard. Amen. God bless all of you. Is your marriage struggling? Do you think it's hopeless? It's not. Regardless of the problems you face, Retrovi can help. Retrovi is a highly successful Christian peer ministry that has helped many thousands of couples rediscover their love and renew their marriages. The next program in San Antonio begins on May 20th. For more information, go to helpourmarriage.com and register by May 16th. Retrovi can help your marriage. Call now, 210-848-3278. The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to thank Dignity Women's Center for their support of Catholic Radio in San Antonio. Dignity Women's Center promotes the dignity of women by caring for the total person, physical, psychological, and spiritual. To learn more about their services, which includes a kid's play area and a certified massage therapist, you can call 210-593-4392 or visit them online at DignityWomenCenter.com. Thanks for your support for the Guadalupe Radio Network. I think I just found myself 
believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, but if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Streaming to the world at grnonline.com and on your FM dial at 89.7, where KJMA, Floresville, San Antonio. All Catholic, all the time.